Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers, the show where we like to talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, and whatever else we like to talk about. And with me today, as always, is Roxy Stryer, here to sing our intro theme song. Roxy, what's our theme song? This is a morning report with DJ and Roxy. We're talking comics and TV Waller, because also it's a morning report. I really appreciate that not Which only thinking I've ever done. Wow. Uh, that you not only were able to like immediately like jump into it, uh, but also considering how early it is, the energy you were able to bring. Thank you so much. <laughs> this this uh, brought to you by Earl Grey. <laughs> Earl Grey tea, everyone. Thank you for our official sponsor of Caffeination. Of Caffeination. So are you a more of a, a tea girl than a coffee girl? I've never, DJ, true story, I've never tried a sip of coffee in my life. Yes, good. I have tea eight times a day, every day. I appreciate that. I have I have had a sip of coffee. I do not drink, I'm, I'm a, I have a, um, a baby palate in that if it doesn't immediately taste good to me, I don't participate. So uh, coffee, Ooh, why, alcohol. Mm-mm. Yeah, alcohol, I was going to say that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not the reason that I don't drink, but it, but it did help. It did help with that. Roxy, how are yes. you, how are you doing today? I'm doing well enough to sing a theme song, apparently. Boom. So, zero warning, by the way. I did not tell her before we went on air that that was what was happening. You know what was so funny, DJ, is that you had said good morning to everybody. And the way you said it, I was thinking to myself, this sounds like the morning report from Lion King. And in my head, that was there. And then you were like, sing a theme song. And I was like, well, I've got one stuck in my head. Let's just see what we can do about swapping out the words. I've got uh, one so- in the chamber. I'm ready to go. How are you doing this morning, DJ? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I don't have my tea. I should have some tea. I should have the pick me up. Fortunately, mm. um, you're here with me. I'm able to feed yeah. off your energy. I'll be your caffeine, DJ. That's all I need. It's wow, all I need. Is that the nicest thing one friend can say to another? I think so. I think so. I think too. we discovered it. I think we discovered it. So uh, today we are going to be talking about the future of the DC movies. Uh, the Snyder Cut is uh, ostensibly in the rear view. Uh, and we can look forward to the future of where they're going. So we're going to be talking about uh, that. Um, we are also going to be diving into what we're into and all of that. And of course, if you're watching this live, you're going to get the full two-hour discussion, including our spoiler, uh, spoiler-filled, spoiler uncut, unedited discussion about Falcon and Winter Soldier. And if you're like, whoa, wait, yeah. whoa, whoa, I can watch this live. Yes, you can. Fridays. Every Friday morning at 10 a.m. PST, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. So before we go any further, for any of you that listen on Spotify, we are able to do a, uh, you're able, we ask a question and you guys answer the question. Last week's question was, what movie icons would you like to see fight next? Because we were talking about Kong versus Godzilla. And so we got Christopher Inthanon says, Fast and Furious team in Transformers helping fight off Decepticons. I actually would love that. I actually think it's a really good suggestion. We got Elaine Baltazar who says Elsa versus Moana. I want them to be friends though. Be friends. Um, And then William Niles Wilson says Ultraman versus Gamera because Gamera is the most ridiculous kaiju. He's just a big turtle that flies when he spins really fast. And one of Gamera's enemies is a lizard that shoots rainbows. It's so good. Um, I would watch that as well. I'm into that. This uh, next week's question, or this the question on this episode, is should DC bother with a shared universe or stick with standalone movies? We're going to be talking about in that in the episode. If you have thoughts to share, answer that question on Spotify. And also, if you're listening on iTunes, please give us five-star reviews. We got one here from Laxteen123, who says, binging it all. Love the episodes. Kick butt. So if you want to... See, it doesn't have wow. to be like a long thing i'm into i was a lax player and i'm into you lax i'm appreciative of that and then also just like if you haven't done it yet what's the hold up just do it do you not care about us at all i I mean i'm not trying to give you a good old jewish guilt trip but i am but if that's what happens listen we can't stop it that's what's happening what happens when you make me fish for compliments one too many times don't do it don't do it all right. I'm not saying that's a threat, but mm. so let's get into what we're into this week. Roxy, you've got a few things that you're into this week. Let's start off with Judas and the Black Messiah. 
Yeah, I was excited to talk about this because DJ, if I remember correctly, you were a big fan of this. And so I watched it as I'm doing all of my Oscar catch up right now. And I've been trying to break it up by movie I don't think I'll love, movie I think I'll love, Mm -hmm. movie I don't think, just based on like tone and speed or whatever. So I was saving this one towards the end of my watch list because I had a feeling I was going to like it. And so I was like, I'm just going to need a little bit of separation between some of these other movies Mm -hmm. um and luckily i was definitely right this movie is really good yeah it's really good it's really well acted it's informative it's interesting um i liked its pacing a lot it's upsetting yeah and and yeah i just i i was like huh i actually don't know that many people who have been watching this and i think one of the reasons why i think it's getting kind of buried a little bit is that i had to pay $20 to rent it for um for 48 hours. Yeah. And that's different than a lot of the show a lot of the other movies are on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon streaming for free. Yeah. Well, this and was on this was on HBO Max HBO for free. Max yeah. For, yeah, and then it and now it's not. It yeah. was there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And then and then it went away. So, $20 to rent a movie is pretty expensive, you know, yeah. not to own it, to rent it. Um so I will say that I, I hope that that price goes down or that there's access for more people to see it because it's really good. And yeah, I was really just really, really not even surprised because I had a feeling it would be great. But just I thought that this movie did an excellent job. Well, I was happy to learn uh, that I uh, in in um, I think the way it goes is in 2021. You know HBO, their their viewership. Uh, obviously, I think Wonder Woman 1984 tr- tops everybody. But in 2021, I th- so far I think it's Godzilla vs Kong, then Judas and the Black Messiah, then the Snyder Cut. Um, so I was happy because I also wild didn't, really. Yeah, I didn't. I also didn't see a lot of buzz for this movie, which is unfortunate because I think of of those movies, this is more important. Um, and so I was happy to, I, you know, I didn't really dive into how they got that statistic if that was re- released by HBO Max or whatever. Um, but I, I am happy to hear that because I also think, you know, obviously uh, Daniel Kaluuya um, from Get Out, uh, Lakeith Stanfield from Atlanta, um, but it, Jesse Plemons, uh, Dominic Fishback, who if, if nobody's ever checked out, speaking of HBO, if you've never checked out The Deuce, um, she is in that. She's been in a lot of David Simon projects uh show me a hero which is another great mini series which i think is the first time i saw her in something um, I, hate you, I remember um she was also in that i think it's called was it project power on netflix and that movie is not great but she's really good in it um anyway uh, amazing cast and i think a really important subject matter i'm glad i'm glad you you dug it roxy it's it's got it's got like an energy of a heist movie like I, I don't know like yeah. biopics tend to feel can feel kind of stagnant in a lot of ways this is not that yeah it was really the the pacing of it i'm telling you it was really good it was really good and just the some of the devices they used to tell this story i thought were interesting um and i actually didn't know parts of this yeah. so talk about upsetting especially when you get to the end as they're mm-hmm. doing the like updates on people and whatnot classic yeah the, the biopic classic updates yeah 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 i was like ah, that's it, it's part parts of this movie are hard to stomach yeah and if you haven't spent any time with um fred hampton speech that's who daniel kaluuya plays um if you haven't spent any time with fred hampton's speeches or the stuff he taught he was very and when you find out how young he was he was he was very on top of it saying stuff that is really uh, relevant even now uh, it is weird that both Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Lakeith Stanfield are nominated for Best Supporting Actor. It's like, well, what? Who is the lead of this movie then? Academy? Like, who? <laughs> if it's not I those do, two guys, who's the lead of this movie? <laughs> I do feel like Daniel Kaluuya is the lead of the movie. Well, and I think the the way and, and a lot of the um, what's the campaigning for it. I think they were putting Lakeith as the lead of this movie because, but either way. It's one of the two. Like, I, the, if if those two guys, if both of those are the supporting actors, so they're both nominated for best supporting actor. Yeah, that so sucks because then they split the votes, and it's just like that's I mean, not even smart. Yeah, and I mean, I guess in some ways it makes sense because I think in the in, and I don't know if it was this intentional. I know in um, uh, best 
lead actor Chadwick Boseman is in there for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which he is he's excellent in. Viola Davis is a force in that movie, but it's like yeah, Chadwick Boseman's going to get that award. Like that's what's going to happen. So it's like if that if this is a somehow a better opportunity for yeah. either Daniel Kaluuya or Lakeith Stanfield to get an award, cool. Just because Chadwick Boseman's going to get that award, that's just what's going to happen. Because not only is it a it, not just because of the uh, tragedy around it, it's a really great performance. Um, yeah, I was glad this is definitely something that made me start Googling and YouTubing and all yeah. of that stuff too, because I'm super duper not informed, um, when it comes to Fred Hampton and the party in general. So yeah. I was happy to, I was happy to do that. Uh, but yeah, the, the story of the story of Bill O'Neill really like just so was so upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, it's so upsetting. I think my only critique for that movie is, you know, we cut ahead to his interview, and I actually think that might have because I I am more informed on Fred Hampton than I am Bill O'Neill, and so there's specifically a scene where Bill O'Neill's being interrogated that that you're supposed to feel like afraid for him, but literally the scene right before that is a cut to his uh, talking head so in the future. I'm like, gonna, yeah, yeah, and it's like either either don't have that scene or place that scene in a different spot. So it's not a, immediately on my brain when that's happening, but you know, who knows how much of that is, is studio notes or whatever. Um, but great performances, great movie, great message. Um, yeah. Jesse Plemons plays one hell of a bad guy all the time. I will say <laughs> he gets yeah. these roles so often. <laughs> I know. And he's always down to be that, that guy. Yeah. And I appreciate that from him because they tell you as actors to just kind of like know your type Yeah, and boy knows his type to the extreme uh also i think that jesse plemons is a true star who just like is not a household name but he is really really excellent um and i i think he you know when you're somebody like him who's been performing since you were just so so young um Yeah. yeah he's just I would watch him in anything he does. He is so so talented. So and I yeah. think th- I think this movie does something really smart. Like it, it, not that these movies are terribly similar, but you know, I think there's some comparisons to be made between this and Black Klansman. And an issue I had with Black Klansman is it made the KKK almost cartoonishly racist, which which I feel like lets a certain demographic of the population off the hook for their casual racism because I think. A lot of having grown up in the South, I think racism tends to be most insidious when it's more subtle. Uh, not and all the time. That and that's like, Jesse Plemons. Like, I think if you ask that character, he's like, well, I'm not. He even tells the story to he's talking to Lee Stanfield, has him in his house. I think you'd ask him, you'd be like, well, I'm not racist. Yeah. And I think that's that's a much more interesting. I think it's scarier. I think it's scarier. And I think it's more bracing. And I think it it'll, it it is an opportunity to show that like just because you don't say the n word <laughs> does not necessarily mean that you are not participating in racist racist system or racist practices and i also think it's interesting the way and this was part of fred hampton's mission him realizing like um in one of his more famous speeches he talks about like you know you know you refer to cops as pigs and it's like you know there's white pigs and there's black pigs it's not necessarily about race it's also about class and so when he goes to the poor white community that that like has a confederate flag and he's like hey listen the cops are messing your shit up too like it's not it's not you know like they're they're pitting us against each other but we actually have more in common than we don't uh yeah. and so it's just i think it's a really interesting movie i think like a lot of i think um purposefully there's a lot of people in america that don't know this story i think intentionally uh we're not taught this story and so it's cool that we're in, a, in an environment where this movie gets to come out and i'm glad that people are watching it I think that there's a shot that this could win. I don't think that it will, but I do think that there's a shot that it could win Best Picture. I don't remember what it is up against. Sounds like Nomadland is like the... The, the pick, yeah. I think so. Um, and to me, I don't know. I think my vote would still probably be Sound of Metal. Okay. But this is this was really good, though. And yeah. yeah, it gave me that feeling when you're watching it that you're supposed to feel when you're watching a movie like this, mm-hmm. which is just like, I really care about what's happening right now. Yeah. 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 It's not it's not uh, academic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which some of the some of the Academy movies can feel like. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was an excellent film. And I'm I'm glad that it was nominated for an Oscar because honestly, I probably wouldn't have spent the $20 to rent it if it hadn't been. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, give it a shot. I do know that there are some like Minari. I'm watching its prices. Like I'm going to wait till that price drops and then I'm going to rent it. Or if it gets on a streaming service, because uh, I don't know if it's quite twenty dollars, but it's it's close. I'm like, mm, mm. yeah. Um, so twenty is something to own, but twenty to rent is, is tough. tough. That's a tough Especially one. Especially when you're me and you're single and you're alone. It's not mm. twenty for multiple people. It's yep. just twenty dollars for one night only. And I'm like, okay, should I just not eat tonight? So <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. So. In the chat, uh, we asked what the people watching live are into. Danny M says, In- Invincible keeps killing it, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, we've got uh, Glenn Caesar uh, mentions that in the gap, before, a little bit before we get Loki, we get Star Wars, uh, The Bad Batch, uh, and Cruella. He also says, um, uh, it's WrestleMania week, so I've been watching NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. On Wednesday and Thursday nights, WrestleMania 37 is on Saturday and Sunday nights. Um, so that is what the kids at home are into. Uh, and like we've talked about, if you want to watch live, if you listen to the show every week and you want to watch live, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Fridays at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you. Uh, it's a lot. It listens a lot of fun over here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it, it's a lot of fun over here. Now let's talk about Ray Fisher, uh, um, uh, and his experience with Warner brothers. So, um, obviously Ray Fisher has been pretty vocal about his experience, uh, not being great with Warner brothers, specifically starting with the Joss Whedon taking over the Snyder cup, but not ending there. Um, and he has been cryptic probably necessarily so up until now this i don't know about you actually this the way this article has been presented to me is that this is his official statement like the whole thing laid out um you're talking about the hollywood reporter article yes yeah the hollywood reporter article um i know you talked about this on your daily show semi-daily show mostly daily show um what 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 did you think about all this Oh boy, DJ, it was really, it was a tough article to read because I am a diehard DC fan, as you know. And so being a diehard DC fan means that you fall in love with certain creators and characters and you kind of like don't like to hear about the bad stuff. You just want to focus, but you can't, and then I'm, I'm a creator myself and I'm a person who does things like this. So you can't really bury your head head in the sand. And so hearing Ray Fisher talk about Joss Whedon, Jeff Johns, John Berg, um, Kevin Sujihara, uh, Walter Hamada, you know, these names that have done a lot for DC and trying to really decipher what actually happened here was really upsetting. I stand with Ray. I've said that from the beginning. And there can be many things that are true about people, yeah. people, some people who are extremely flawed. And I'm saying that about like, you know, this Jeff John scenario is really tough because has he done some great things for the DC community, for characters that we would not, might not have seen otherwise. Uh, you know, there's a part of the article that's like, uh, Jeff Johns doesn't appreciate this because he was married to a black woman and then it was married to an Asian woman and he knows firsthand what this looks like. And it's like, well, it's not exactly firsthand. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, but, you know, I'm, I'm married to a Latina woman. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it gives me insight into her experiences. I, I don't know that it would, it means I'm an expert on anything. Like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that's the case. And, and historically, White guys have been with women of other cultures without necessarily being uh, right. sensitive to that. So, and that's what I'm saying about the multiple truths. Like what it me- what it means is that you're in love with somebody of a different race. What it yeah. doesn't mean is that you're not racial. It doesn't mean that you are not racially insensitive. Yeah. 
And it seems like a lot of these things are incredibly racially insensitive and are a bummer. Also, a lot of these things didn't surprise me, which made me know how numb I kind of am to Hollywood, where I was just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that they, you know, that's how that works. Yeah, Yeah. they definitely wouldn't take somebody's. But I think a lot of this could be solved and resolved if you have if you have people who look like the characters in the creative meetings, like, yeah, I think whether it's Ray Fisher or somebody else to not have a black writer or a black director or a black person who is in these creative meetings and to have Ray say, I'll help you guys so that we don't botch this character. And for you guys to not listen to him, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. 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 It, it, it is. And I do think like, let's say, you know, cause we've talked about this before and you've mentioned, you know, trying to, understand both sides and if we were give i think specifically you know i I don't think there's a lot of ground for joss whedon to be gained here uh uh uh, he it's he's currently in movie jail it sounds like he deserves to be there and we're we're all gonna just move on from that i think jeff johns specifically seems to be the one with this article that that there is some i'm gonna use the word ambiguity uh maybe yeah um there's a lot of people in this article standing up for him a lot of people and 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 even in the discussions they have like there's an argument between ray fisher and him about like whether cyborg is more like frankenstein and quasimodo and then you step back and you're like yeah but both are i don't even know what you guys are talking about really because both are monsters like what are we like i I, but let's say there's really no reason i feel like i personally feel like we need to give jeff johns the benefit of the doubt but let's say we do you know what i mean let's say because again this is this is his side of it is mostly presented through a representative of his um and intent whatever you know what i'm saying let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt even if you give him the benefit of the doubt, my takeaway from this is between this and I think the specifically the set of Krypton has mentioned, what you have here is an environment, whether the intentions were uh, malicious or not, you have an environment where these creators, um, uh, these creators of color do not feel confident that they are being represented, that they are being heard, whether, whether your intent is purely genuine purely creative and you and you feel whatever you feel like let's say these jeff johns or whatever felt like they were really listening to them these creators do not feel that way and i think your point of having people involved in this to create an environment where they do feel represented where they do feel heard like that that is important and and that would help in situations like this and would also help make our movies better because i i do feel like i my feelings on Ray Fisher and him doing this are not complicated at all. My feelings on the way Twitter specifically is reacting to this is more complicated because I think, and even the article mentions, Ray Fisher views this as a Black Lives Matter thing, as part of that. That's what, that's what inspired him to do this. I think Twitter sees this, not all of it, but I think a, a very vocal part of it sees it as a Snyder Cut thing. And I think it's great that I, is the writer on Justice League, Terrio, uh, yeah, Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio, and Zack Snyder. They included um, uh, Ray Fisher in on that discussion. I think that's good. But it's not like the Snyder cut is like the pinnacle of representation. Like when when people talk about those characters getting cut out, characters of color getting cut out, it's like, well, yeah, because if you're going to cut a four hour movie down to two hours. Those characters are glorified extras. They're going to get cut. Like even Iris West, she doesn't have lines. She's not a character. She's a person flash saves that we know is Iris West because it's a famous actress. And it's Iris. We've, we can look at IMD as Iris West. You cut that scene because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't matter. It's like that's so it's not these these characters other than, you know, Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher. Um, these characters are not vital to the story. You know, even we talk about, you know, Cyborg's parents being represented as both being being black people, genius level black people. Now that doesn't happen. It's like, yeah, that's great. But they also both die in the movie. You know what I mean? So it's not like Snyder Cut is perfect when it comes to representation, which I just think goes back to this idea that, like, it's important that we're having these discussions so that we can all get better and also we'll get we'll get better we'll get better movies out of it like for people that like i i don't i don't know that there's a lot of like pushback on this but but like it we if there is this will just generate 
better movies and stories that we enjoy because because I think important part of as somebody that likes to write and stuff, I think important part of storytelling is truth is 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 not necessarily facts but the truth. And so when you allow people to to express their truth or represent your truth, you you end up getting better stories. Yeah, I I'm partially with you, DJ, because I I don't believe that this is about the Snyder Cut, but I also think that what it did show was that. You do not need to be black in order to include black stories uh, or stories about black people or to write black characters. And if you are somebody who is white, who has a black character in their script, then maybe check with your the person who is black mm-hmm. and see how they feel about that character. So yeah. in that way, Zack Snyder did do that yeah. and did bring him into the conversations. I did Chris Terrio. So no, this is not about the Snyder cut, but but I get why he was brought into this article so much because this is about when you are trying to include when you're when you are a filmmaker and you look however you look, you're born however you're born. Yeah. It's no excuse to not have a diverse cast or yeah. or anything of that matter. So you we're seeing two direct comparisons of two white men yeah. and how they handled having a black character. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that that's why the but no, this is not everybody who's taking this and then being like restore the Snyderverse because of this. I don't see the correlation between those two things. What I'm hearing is that Ray Fisher said there was nobody else black on the creative team. Yeah. So I offered to help and they turned me down at every corner when I explained why saying Booyah was frustrating because it would just become a catchphrase like what you're talking about, Willis. They said that I was trying to make them lose their job mm-hmm. if I wouldn't say booyah. I mean, that I think that one was John Berg. What the F is that about? Um, because the head of AT&T's kid might want booyah in there. That's a that's a really strange one to 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 put on an actor who's saying to you when black people get catchphrases and they're the only people in the whole thing with the catchphrase. It's the only thing the characters remembered for. Or when he's talking about his parents and saying cutting them out of this completely is a bummer because of the fact that they're both geniuses and you never get to see that. And then for people to not listen to that, it's just like at every turn, I feel like he tried to do right Mm -hmm. and nobody was letting him. And so while that happens in Hollywood, not just when it comes to race and a lot of these issues, I didn't, some of them were about race. Some of them were not like you were just talking about with, Quasimodo and Frankenstein that I, I think Jeff Johns is wrong in that scenario only because I don't see, I don't see cyborg as Quasimodo. I don't see a world in which Jeff Johns could see cyborg as Quasimodo, because if you've seen that for people to say he needs to smile more cyborg, what movie, what movie are you making? But okay. Well, I do, I do do think that uh, not just, obviously there's, there's tough there. It's like, um, I do think the Snyder cut is oppressively grim and humorless. Uh, so I think I do think the the creative impulse of like yeah, but that goes to other things too. I th- I think that like the the and and when you talk about the the idea of like um, somebody afraid they're going to lose their job because he doesn't say booyah, that might be the culture that they're in, which just goes to the idea the of the toxicity. Because because I think, you know, a big part of what Ray Fisher talks about here is these people being in a position of leadership. And I think being in a position of leadership is creating a culture. The The goal it would be, I think, to create a culture where people can be the best versions of themselves. And so, you know, the not not to excuse anybody else's, let's say, toxic behavior because their bosses are toxic, you know. Um, but the, the, the that might be part of it and and uh you know you it doesn't seem like at&t being in charge of places like hbo and warner brothers has been the best creatively for those environments you know what i mean um yeah. uh which but again like you said that's it's not some of this stuff didn't surprise you because not only is a lot of hollywood toxic but a lot of work environments in general are toxic and if there, anybody who has been listening to me for a while knows that I'm of the opinion that capitalism in general is toxic and generates toxic work environments. <laughs> um, uh, so the hope I would think would be that conversations like this, not that they're going to fix everything cause they're not, but that if we keep 
being open to understanding the situations that maybe we can dismantle um, these the, the way these institutions breed uh, unhealthy environments. What do you think that in this specific scenario, what do you think the future looks like for Hamada, Berg, and Johns? Um, like you said, Joss already kind of in. in- yeah, he's, you know, the, the, uh, I think the Charisma Carpenter story uh, really uh, put the last nail on that one. Um, I don't know because I don't know that this is as damning as other as other types of these stories have been right um and i'm not don't know whether it should be or it shouldn't be i just don't know with the way we've dealt with some of this stuff that it is i uh, john's just came out with his first creator own comic i did read it it's fine um i would imagine he's got star girl i would imagine his upward trajectory has essentially been sandbagged. Um, but again, that happened a while ago. You yeah. know, I think that happened once he left DC. I believe Berg doesn't, isn't Berg the one figure in this that race has reached out to him and apologized. Yeah. Um, so that helps. Um, and again, like we were talking, talking about a little bit when we were talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff like that with people's perceptions of, you know, and when you get into arguments like this, Hamada probably does not see himself as some sort of he's not he, he might not even be trying to be duplicitous or cover his tracks and all I mean we don't know you know what I mean um uh so does that affect his job I don't know that's why I think I I hope that it's these conversations like this create a bar because even if um I don't know whatever I I hope I hope this creates a, I don't know if it'll have any direct impacts on people's careers more than it already has um but it might start having conversations where this becomes less of the norm, if that makes sense. Do you think that this will have an impact on their slate? Um, I think the Snyder cut crowd people would like it to. And I think that's the part of it that I find concerning. Cause I think, think about the reverse, right? If, if we, let's imagine we lived in a bizarre world and Ray Fisher came out and he was like, Actually, I don't support the Snyder Cut because actually working with Snyder was very difficult and Joss Whedon listened to me more and da-da-da-da-da. I feel like the Twitter reaction would be very different. You know what I mean? You look at the reaction to characters like Rose Tycho and stuff like that. I think if it fits a wider fandom narrative, they're more willing to run with it. Um, and, and so I find that I, – I find that I, – I get. I think internet support can be very fickle. <laughs> um so I, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Other than like, if you, if you, there is a lot of conspiracy theory stuff on either side. So, you know, um, part of it is the, the rumor that the new black Superman movie is a response to this. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, um, uh, in that way, maybe, but in, and again, like, is that, if that is the case, is that, um, um, very mercenary on Warner Brothers' part? Yes. If it results in an environment where more black creators, like, you know, we're able to get a black director in there and, and, and you know what I mean, in this positive experience, uh, does the, do the ends justify the means? I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. I don't know. Um, but, but I could see a reaction that like, okay, you know, we're getting a, we're getting a Static Shock movie. We're getting a Blue Beetle movie um, uh, with Jaime Reyes. We could see a push for because truthfully, I think this is something DC from the jump has done better than Marvel. Um, if you if you look at their timelines, you know because because the Justice League is more diverse than the Avengers initially were. Suicide Squad was more diverse than both, um, even though the quality of those movies is is not comparable. Um, this might push them to do more movies with diverse figures. Um, and again, it's kind of like when with all the stuff with like MLB pulling out of Georgia and Coca-Cola and stuff, uh, uh, talking about the voter rights stuff in Georgia. Yeah, agree. 
but I know you're doing it for mercenary business reasons. So I don't know. I, I don't know how supportive I should be of that. Cause it's like, you're not doing it out of the kindness of your heart. You're a corporation. So yeah. like, they, unless they, you're Ben and Jerry's, unless cool. you're Ben and Jerry's who yeah. see whatever. Yeah. They seem, they, they seem pretty cool. But, um, but so it's like, yeah, they would be doing this sp- specifically for business, especially the AT&T part of it. They'd be doing it for business reasons. If that, if that creates a more inclusive, better environment, will I be mad about that? I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause I think that's the goal. Right. And it's, and it's a bummer that Ray Fisher is not going to be a part of that. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Roxy? About which part about, about what, well, about the question you asked me, do you will think, it affect late? yeah, I think that, I think that the times are affecting the slate and this is part of the times. Yeah. And I think that that is a good thing because I mean, you know, there's that saying too little too late, but Mm. I don't really fully, I don't agree, believe in that when better late than never. So I think that this is a lot of this is better late than never. Would I love to see a cyborg film and would I love it to star Ray Fisher? Yeah, mm-hmm. I really would. I said that when the first, when Justice League came out. Yeah. You know, that has nothing. That was before we knew any of the behind the scenes drama. I like the character of Cyborg. I wanted to see a Cyborg movie. They yeah. announced a Cyborg movie for 2020. And I was looking forward to that film. That year already came and left and <laughs> moved on. But I would I like to see that? Yeah. Do I think we're going to? No. But do I think that this will change the conversations in rooms, which will change the outcome of films. Yes. We even see the biggest thing about the article, the article that blew the one part that actually kept making headlines and press was Jeff John saying that Reggae Jean Page could not play Soup's granddad because he was black Mm -hmm. in Krypton. That seemed to make more headlines than any part of the Ray Fisher situation, probably because Reggae Jean Page is really famous right now really popular after Bridgerton yeah and I think that's the part stuff like that it's like that's important but it's getting headlines because he's also getting headlines because of Bridgerton and I guess that the, the again the that mercenary aspect of this stuff about even even supporting something positive sometimes has this like edge of like yeah but you don't mean it you know what I mean like and and but does that but does that do matter think, does that matter do I think it matters but do I think that will mean that in future writers rooms Jeff Johns is not going to say that person can't book this role because they're black when the role is an alien yeah uh, so, yeah I think it's going to make him think twice and I think that that's a good thing because we're all learning we're all growing we're all educating ourselves and yeah. part of that process is painful but also will result in better art and different art and in a change of the slate. So, yeah, I do think that we're going to focus on and DC, I will say, you know, to put out after Marvel had been at this for a minute for DC to put out the first female standalone superhero movie, like on that level with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Prior to them get us getting a fucking, uh, excuse me, us getting a freaking, um, uh, Black Widow movie yeah. is egregious. That was, ri- I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That was, that was ridiculous. I, I cannot believe that we still have not, that we're just now getting to Black Widow. Yep. What, what were you guys thinking? That was, that's ridiculous. But when you know better, you do better. And that's what we're doing now. So yeah, I think the slates are going to reflect the times. And that also makes me wonder the Wonder Woman Black Widow of it all. The the optimist in me likes to think, listen, we don't get stories like this about Marvel because I'd like to think Kevin Feige is running a tighter ship than that. But part of me wonders it's also if it's like but they make money and those are successful. And we might have never heard about this if Justice League had done well and Cyborg twenty twenty was coming out. And you know what I mean? Like um uh, I don't think we I I feel pretty positive we never would have heard about this. If Justice League had done well and they started shooting a cyborg movie, yeah, just even contractually speaking, I don't think Ray would have ever spoken out about this. Well, you know, hopefully then in that version of reality that, you know, because it's a successful, he has some say, because the, the Gal Gadot part of this article plays very differently. They're just like, yeah, talk to them and handle it. So yeah, because you were in the movie that made money. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, it's just a different in that. And I, and I mean, Patty Jenkins backing you. Yeah, and it's like that's the that's that's how that's how this stuff works, which is unfortunate 
in in that you you again you'd like to we all like to live in a world where people just do stuff because it's the right thing to do um but again even even what the right thing to do is 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 different for for different people so again i i think in this article they talk about um ray fisher is going to be in an abc anthology series yeah the making of a woman or something like that good for him i i think i think he was um uh, I think he's really good and true detective. I, I hope he has a good I hope that he's able to move on to bigger and better things. I hope uh, DC is able to to make movies that are more inclusive and hopefully have um, more a, a better, healthier environments. And I hope the other studios are also able to have um, healthier, more inclusive environments as well. We do have a few questions before we wrap up. We do have a few questions specifically towards the, the fun part of the fun movie part of it. The, the movies we want to see. I I did a whole, I, 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 in our notes, I have a whole list of all the movies that may or may not happen. I will say the ones that we know are happening. We have suicide coming out, suicide squad coming out in August. We have the Batman coming out in March of next year. Then black Adam, and uh july of 2022 flash in november of 2022 aquaman 2 in december of 2022 and then shazam fury of the gods in development we have one one three which i feel of the we have a whole list of in development stuff of the in, in development stuff i feel the most confident that that's the one we're gonna get um with Joey asks, with the announcement that Robert Pattinson's Batman will be on Earth too, do you think we are building to a cinematic crisis on Infinite Earth, or is that too soon? And I think this goes to the other question. There, there's been talk of revisiting the whole shared universe idea, and I think Crisis of Infinite Earth plays to that. Do you think? Do you think this is building to a Crisis of Infinite Earth, and do you think they should? right now be talking about their shared universe again or do you think they should keep doing what they're like just just keep making because i think that's the one thing people have forgotten in this conversation like man of steel and batman v superman were not well received and did not make good money for what these movies were what was well received wonder woman aquaman shazam uh a lot of good press towards the suicide squad a lot of good press going to the batman joker joker was really well i mean i mean critically mixed back but but like it made a lot of money it made all the money and it got joaquin phoenix an oscar so uh so yeah what are your feelings on that chill (laughs) chill chill out uh i think that there's if if we build to a crisis at some point dope what it took us how many how many years of of the arrowverse till we got to crisis Eight, and mm-hmm. we needed every single one of those, and that was with an episode a week yep. of every yep. single show. Yeah, we are we have not earned crisis, Mm-mm. we are not close to crisis, we have not even seen what version of Batman we're getting. Yeah, so just you guys made the decision, you actively as a company made the decision to have multiple Batman in your universe alive at one time. Mm-hmm. Now, live with that decision as separate choices and let us get used to that because I deal with this every day. I am in the DC know every single day. Mm-hmm. The casual fan goer does not know what is going. They don't know yeah. what's happening. They don't even know we're getting a new bat. They don't know. They don't know. Yeah. So just put out a Batman movie, let it be successful. Maybe put out another Batman movie. Yeah. Let that be successful. Yeah. Just chill. Just make good movies. Just chill for a sec. Especially post Snyder Cut and people talking about the Snyder is like, let, get yourself some distance. From, I think you need to have at least a couple years without some sort of controversy, some sort of like people or people just like go and enjoy your movies. And I do think I push back a little bit. I know a lot of people when talking about the justice League and everything, it's like, well, you know, they, they rushed it. They should have had movies for their individual characters. And I push back on that because team movies have existed for decades prior to the Avengers and those characters didn't need individual movies. So I don't know if they need it, but I will say, you know, they let John Favreau do iron two Iron Man movies. And then he didn't, you know what I mean? They let Joss Whedon do two Avengers movies. And then he didn't, they saw Kevin Feige Marvel was good at being like, what's working, you know, figuring out what's working and then moving on. And I feel like Warner Brothers, the, I do think the part they did rush is when like, listen, 
not a lot of people mixed bag with Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. So let's triple down on this guy. Like maybe it's just like, no, let's do a, okay. Zack Snyder did Man of Steel. Let's let somebody do a Batman. Let's maybe do a Batman v Superman. Let's do a Wonder Woman and then see what's clicking. And then we'll see who we're going to give. Like maybe then in that reality, we're like, hey, Patty Jenkins, you want to do this Justice League thing? Like let's, let's, let's move in that direction. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and, and too long can't read. Chill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just and I think that's the same thing. So, like, see what's listen. Let's see how uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad does. Let's see how the Batman does. Maybe we start slowly phasing out. You know, the Gal Gadot. If we give them trilogies, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, whatever, and maybe Matt Reeves' Batman's doing really well, and we're able to build off of that and do. A or whole maybe not. But, I mean, we'll see. see. Yeah, let's just <laughs> wait and see. Um, Danny asks, now that the New Gods is canceled, if you had to pick a space slash galactic property from DC, which one would it be? Is GGL the only choice to go cosmic? I mean, I definitely think it's a good choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I do. I think New Gods is as cool as that would be. I do think it is kind of a hard sell. I mean, it depends on how you do it. Like if you there, there it shares a lot of DNA with Star Wars. Um, so if you with that angle with it, you might be pretty successful. Um, Martian I, movie. Uh, Martian Manhunter would be great. Yeah. The old Mega Men, if you wanted something uh, kind of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, in theoretically, still in development out there is a Lobo movie. <laughs> for wow. the people that want that the girl rocks forgot about that i yeah. forgot a lot let me let me run down real quick let me just run down the in development stuff because some of this stuff blew my mind we got wonder woman 3 we got the green lantern core movie which at one point was being written by jeff johns i doubt that that is that case now uh theoretically supergirl movies in development supposedly written by Oren uziel from the cloverfield paradox so that gets you excited and of course is starring sasha Kale, who's supposed to be in the flash um Theoretically, Blackhawk with Steven Spielberg is still in development. Mm. Batgirl, which was originally supposed to be written by Joss Whedon, but is now being written by Christina Hodson, who wrote Birds of Prey, which that excites me because I, I really enjoy Birds of Prey. Lobo, Static Shock with Michael B. Jordan and Reggie Hudlin as executive producers. I would love to see that. Uh, Blue Beetle, directed by um, Angel Manuel Soto, who did Charm City Kings, which I believe is on HBO Max. Um, the new Superman movie written by Dennis Coates. Um and this this one blows my mind. Uh, an Hour Man movie written by Gavin James and Neil Widner. It's like of all Hour, Hour Man. That's we're gonna put our uh, bucks behind that. Theoretically, movies that have not been officially canceled are Cyborg, Jared Leto's Joker movie, <laughs> a Nightwing movie that was supposed to be from Lego Batman's Chris McKay uh, with writer Bill Dubuque. Um, this is reportedly postponed due to the Batman because maybe they'll want to introduce Dick Grayson in that, and then a Man of Steel sequel, which I feel is like a super dead. I feel like that. That's. I think there was a Gotham City Sirens movie announced that. Yeah, which I think might have gotten. Uh, Birds of Prey kind of replaced that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's again like look at what's <laughs> working like Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman works, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn works and also margot robbie's now like a, a big time producer you know what i mean like she's involved in these projects like that stuff works shazam is working black adam is probably gonna make a lot of money um and 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 dwayne johnson seems excited about it so like i don't know we did get a question here from leonard kim do you think the warner brothers will ever that warner brothers will ever get enough organization structure and cohesion to give us fans a sustainable dc cinematic universe all mcu it pains me that dc just hasn't quite let got get everything right i want dc to give us an intricate storytelling that marvel is has been giving us over a prolonged period of time i will say we mentioned it earlier that's kind of what the cw verse was <laughs> slash it that's what it did it did gave it gave us that not that it's perfect doing 24 episodes here is a tough biz but like that, that is that yeah it really is um Oof, Flash and Supergirl this week. Hey, listen, it's we can all admit it's getting a little long in the tooth. All right. <laughs> Oof, uh, but I, Leonard Kim, when you say we'll ever get enough organization, I'm planning on living for another hundred years, so I, I think yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this version is the version. Yeah. But I don't know that it's not. So ever, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. At some point, and you know. 
you know, maybe if Feige ever decides to leave Marvel and Warner Brothers decides to back the money truck up to his door and be like, hey, you want to come do it over here? Let's try this again. Let's try this again. And not to say that he's the only person that could possibly do it. Um, uh, He just did it first and it's been incredibly successful. Uh, Somebody else is out there. Um, You know, it could be whoever's directing this new Superman movie uh, that's supposed to be starring um, a black actor. It could be who who knows. Kevin Feige is not a director. It could just be another producer. But I hope that whoever it is, all the people over at Marvel, all the people over at Sony, not just superhero movies, you know, we'll be having these conversations. And I know that it's not always the most fun. But not only is it important because, you know, you might think, you might hear the story and be like, well, my workplace is toxic and I'm not complaining about it. But it's like, yeah, but... Wouldn't it be nice if it wasn't? Like, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't yeah. it be cool if it if it wasn't though? Totally. It's like it, yes, yes. When I read the Ray stuff, I was like, none of this is surprising. Doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Yeah, doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Doesn't mean that it couldn't be better. And even and even even again, going back to even if you gave people like Jeff Johns the benefit of a of the doubt, in that version of the argument, that person then also would benefit from a better work environment where people felt supported and listened to and heard. Um, every, everybody benefits. It's not an us versus them. It's not any, any, anything like that. It's, it's about creating an environment where we can all function together. And especially in a world where you're making, you're just making movies. Like it's whenever you hear like somebody, somebody dying on the set of a film, it's like, you're just making a movie though. Like this, this shouldn't be even a possibility. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> like, we're just, if, if oh. this job can't be fun, then what are we even doing? <laughs> yeah. Say it louder for the people in the back, DJ. Roxy, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Just that I'm still just a diehard DC fan, and so I really hope that they pull this ish together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and again, it, if if not for the movies, at least for the people working there, like you know, that they can at least be. Because again, you can tell when you're watching a movie, like how many times, like when I watch Venom, I don't like Venom's fine, but I can tell Tom Hardy's having fun. You know what I mean? Like we want we want get your stuff together. Let's all get our stuff together and and have some fun. I don't know. Roxy, where can the kids find you? What they should what should they be looking out for? Well, they can find me almost every day live at the Roxy, which is youtube.com slash Roxy Strayer. Also, you can find me every Wednesday and Sunday for World Girl Wednesdays and Sundays. That's youtube.com slash the World Girls. As mentioned earlier by somebody, this past Sunday, nope, this past Wednesday, we gave pranks a whirl. And I actually, it was the actual most uncomfortable for 90 minutes I've ever been in my entire life. Oh my God. You guys made me call my boss and quit. You guys made me text people who work under me saying that they no longer had partners at our job. You guys made me text um, the guy that I was flirting with and tell him that I needed to be honest with him about something. I mean, you guys really put me through the ringer. And I and you made me tweet out that I that the Patriots suck. You guys really, it was truly the worst. But I'm happy to say I did not chicken out on anything. What did I win? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you won the, the adoration people. of the fans. Doing it for the people. That is truly what the World Girls are here for. So if you want to cringe, come join us on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, whenever you talk about what the World Girls are doing. It, it sounds incredible. Everybody should go check it out. Go support it. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash everywhere that matters. You can follow this show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter. They got the vows from stupid. Um, stay tuned on, of course, you can watch the show live at patreon.com slash Only Stupid Answers. You can also watch my short film there. Uh, there's gonna, I'm uh, going to be announcing new stuff about a new comic soon. Uh, people on Patreon are going to be seeing stuff, early pages from that before anybody else. So the Patreon is a very cool, fun um, community. So please go be a part of that. Your support helps keep the lights on, li- the literal lights on. Uh, so thank you for all of that. And we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody.